as I stand before you this evening, I got to tell you, it just seems with the events that have happened over this last week and these last days, and it seems like these last hours, things are somewhat surreal. We've, got, we've had major league uh, sports teams canceling or suspending the season. Dioceses throughout the world, different ones, closing um, their doors. The, the desire and obviously the, the effort is to protect us from the spread of this coronavirus. And increasingly, I'm just seeing like our world, what we're used to, who we're used to communicating with and being with is increasingly becoming isolated, different levels of isolation. And this morning, as I was trying to prepare for today's homily, I kept getting these emails from the diocese updating what is our response to this. And I can remember at one point I was just like, how can the coronavirus connect with the gospel? But I, I, I believe that the power of the gospel is that it transcends time, cultures. It transcends uh, the different realities that we experience from year to year, century to century. And then as I, I read the gospel again, trying to see how it can speak to, to where we are right now, this reality, what stood out to me was isolation. This gospel, the Samaritan woman, is a woman who experiences isolation on so many different levels. She experiences a physical isolation, a social isolation, emotional spiritual isolation. Physically and socially, there's a reason why she comes to the well at noon. Because that's the hottest time of the day and there'll be no one else there. She's a woman with a reputation who has experienced the condemnation either through gaze and looks or whispers, comments, because of the great shame she carries, having been married five times, divorced, and now living with someone who is not her husband, and it's public knowledge. That's why she doesn't, that's why she's there at noon, and she's not coming either in the morning or in the evening when it's cooler. She has self-quarantined. She has isolated herself. And then what she experiences emotionally. Think of having been dumped, kicked to, the, kicked to the side five times. The experience of rejection. The experience of just, I am not loved, I am not lovable. And if we experience these things on a level of the emotion, we cannot help but experience them and believe them on some level of the spiritual. 
that there is something in her that's even unlovable by God, that she probably felt deeply that shame spiritually, that God would never have time for her, that she was not worthy of his affection, of his attention. That's what I love about this gospel. That as the conversation with Jesus unfolds, a couple of things are happening. One, Jesus is exposing her story. Go get your husband and come back. And she acknowledges the truth. Well, Jesus actually acknowledges the truth. You've had five. And the one you're with is not yours. And she's, oh, I can see you're a prophet. But Jesus is also exposing, revealing who he is. I love the conversation that unfolds. I I mean, it starts off with asking for some water. And then Jesus offers her living water that stirs a desire in her heart for something more. And I believe that in the gaze of Jesus, it, it opened her heart that she did not feel any condemnation I think she'd been so used to being lusted at and lusted for by other men. And yet Jesus looked at her in a way that no man had ever looked at her. And it disarmed her heart. And it opened and created a desire for something more. And as that conversation unfolds, she talks about the coming of the Messiah. He'll tell us all things. And I love how Jesus responds. The one who is speaking with you now is he. The one who is speaking with you now is he. She leaves her jar there. She experiences something so profound. If you look at her before and after, it's really dramatic. She is a woman before of deep isolation, socially, emotionally, physically, spiritually. The encounter with Jesus changes everything. The encounter with Jesus, she goes into the town. She gathers the people together and brings them together. And we see in her a model for evangelization. What's the model we see in the encounter she has with Jesus? Well, first of all, she has an experience of his love and of his mercy. Then she goes and she shares. She gives testimony to others, which plants a seed in their heart, a hunger that they might experience it too. And then third, she brings them back and she brings them to Jesus. And it says in the gospel that Jesus lingers there for a couple of days. Can you imagine just the, the small town just having a couple days with Jesus, with each person having the conversation, the encounter that changes them. And that town was changed. Historically, Samaria would become one of these ancient churches that would be the center for Christianity. And that when the Jews would be be persecuted later, where did they run and they would flee to for refuge? Samaria, because of this woman. You know what's beautiful about her story? And it's a story that's been repeated throughout salvation history. It's a story that God, God seeks out the lost. God comes to those who think that maybe they're beyond salvation. 
those who have believed the lies of condemnation and shame. And his heart is drawn to them. And his heart wants them to know the truth. His heart desires that they would drink in the truth. In some way, in some shape, some form, this is our story too. As we continue with this Mass, and we don't know, you know, the, things are changing so quickly right now with the coronavirus, who knows where we'll be next Sunday? You know, the, the, the numbers may decrease, there may only be a handful of us in here, but for us to know that in the Eucharist we have this wellspring of grace, to, to, to let our hearts linger here today, that we may be set up not for just isolation, but maybe it's an invitation of a spiritual retreat to use the time to pray. We could veg out on Netflix or movies or TV, but wouldn't it be wonderful just to use this time to make it as a retreat? that we don't fall into the danger of isolation where we turn inwardly on ourselves, but we let it be a gift of time, a grace in this Lenten season to draw closer to the Lord, to linger with him, maybe return to this story of the Samaritan woman and just let the, let the promise do something in your heart. And that this, this time that we have, whatever it might look like, may be a time that we come together even more as a church, as a community, in prayer, intercession, and in charity. Amen?